Hello and welcome to That Guy's a Maniac, the podcast. Today we have a special, semi-regular, irregular feature cast we like to call Notebook with Missing Page, where we delve into the more conspiratorial or strange offbeat lore or fan theories that plague the gamosphere. My name is Agent Ritchie and with me is the coffee guy Farley aka Kunzi11 <laughs> and tell us Farley where else can we be found? Thanks <laughs> Agent Ritchie <laughs> and yeah uh, we really went deep on the theming for this episode. Huh? Um, where can you find us? Um, in amongst the secret taped up files and filing cabinets uh, you can find us oh at God. Guys, I mean, you're going to have scraps we can tell <laughs> I'm just trying to think about things that are in the X-Files and that's all I've got um, all right. <laughs> I, be- I believe you can find us is that is it say I believe or is that a cat poster you, oh you yeah, must yeah, believe. yeah that works I, I believe that, what's that poster say yeah, no, it's... I, I, I believe. The truth okay, is, let's do... No, the truth is out there, isn't it? <laughs> no, that's the strap line, but what's, what is the poster with the alien thing on it? I de- okay, I'm going to say I believe. Okay, let's let's do this bit. You hand it over to me again, and I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do it better. Right, okay. Uh, I also didn't... Like, when I introduced you as the coffee guy, I didn't say the whole Hello Farley thing. It's fine. Yeah, okay. Let me... <clears throat> tell us, Farley, where else can we be found? I believe... Wink, wink. You can find us. <laughs> See, I did. <laughs> I get it because it's on the poster of the. It's on the thing. poster, yeah, like yeah, the okay, X Files. Cool. I mean, we're, we're subtly theming this around the X Files. Um, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, something else, Twitter. <laughs> at that guy is a maniac. All one word, lowercase. Lowercase. Um, <laughs> yes. That's uh, you can find our witterings and twitterings there, uh, and you can also find um, many of our congealed ideas uh, on the oh. factory floor. That is www.thatguys.co.uk. <laughs> congealed ideas. Congealed ideas on the factory floor. That's I really I like that idea. The idea that our ideas have been densified into yeah. some kind of written format. They were they were good ideas, and then they were kind of power washed off of a corpse, and then they've congealed <laughs> together. Oh, uh, at the end of the day, as somebody sweeps them up um, to make the whatever, yeah, as their own brand ideas. Cool. So, uh, oh god, I always have to get my saw in there. I know. Right next, and um, air. Okay. Our episode today, we are going to be... Wait, wait. What? Did you have something else you wanted to say? How are we bringing people this episode, Richie? Oh, shit, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and Farley, um, yes. <laughs> how can we bring the listeners such great, great content? Well, Richie, I believe... Wing, <laughs> <laughs> wing, see what you did. I don't believe I know. We are sponsored this week by the... Uh, oh, this is synced up. This is this would have been a great segue. We are sponsored by the LP Brown Cannery for all your canned salmon needs. That's LP Brown Cannery. Mm. Cheers, LP Brand 
What? Brown. 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 LP Brown Cannery. Mmm. <laughs> I do like canned salmon. What about you, Farley? Um. Yeah. Is it as good as the fresh stuff, though? No, God, no, God, no. no to be honest, I actually hate it. I don't know why I said that. Um. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. Showing up. <laughs> Cheers, LP Brown. You make the best. Um. Considering scan salmon there is out there. The, the truth is out there. Yeah. Oh, you did it well. Uh, cool. Right. Now we've got that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, we do so well at getting this <laughs> intro bit done. Right. L listen, readers, it doesn't sound like it, but um, readers. behind the scenes, it's strings and yogurt pots all the way here. Readers. Yeah. We're more sophisticated have readers, not listeners. Everyone can listen. Oh, yeah, true. Okay, go. Cool. I'll start annotating these ones. Pull it through, boom, I don't know. Does Google listen to podcasts? Just get it written down. That'd be quite a fun blog. No one no would read it. As many people would read it as, as many people actually read our blog. Right, yeah. okay, cool. Moving on and clapping in front of the microphone. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we are going to be talking about some of the more, uh, well, there's a lot of stuff out there where people like to create their own fandom around games, and there's also some quite weird lore in games, and there's lots of cool fan theories and things like that, so we decided we're going to talk about them, and discuss them, and just basically shove them in our readers ears yeah yeah makes sense yeah makes sense so uh yeah farley yes you got anything you want to say about this uh yeah i do um so as you've already alluded to um the, the kind of fandom the gaming fandom is a huge one and i think um people will get a lot out of their video games um, which is also why I think we tend to end up with, broadly speaking, gaming, um, really obsessive fandoms, right? And you, you don't need to look any further than, the, you know, any medium to large size um, game franchise will have its own uh, wiki, which will, you know, be pulling ideas and content um, from, you know, interviews with developers that appeared in some airline magazine and... And, you know, in the sleeve notes to the official soundtrack, there was this picture, which is some piece of lore here. Um, and on the one hand, it's, it's kind of amazing. And I'm sure both of us will owe a lot of what we talk about later to um, the people who do kind of, you know, obsessively go through frame by frame of, of teaser trailers and cutscenes to find this information. <laughs> yeah. uh, all the way through to <laughs> bordering on slightly obsessive and 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 uh and you know concerning and i definitely felt myself flitting between um these two you know these two positions and it's like, <laughs> who gives a shit what's canon and not canon in this you know this game series that so true um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> they clearly you know they don't care enough about their own canon to be to be providing particularly video games i think um you know three four five six different versions of this particular event um because you know god knows why they changed writer or 
I think in some cases they just forgot what they did before. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the other thing is, like, especially with all of these things, is there becomes a sort of group collective headcanon. You know, a decision by, I don't know, however it happens, a consensus on the internet that, like, yeah, you know what? This is the events. We've decided that this is canon as well, whether it be or not. You know, yeah. and yeah, so there is a. I don't know what I'm trying to think. I'm struggling for a nice term for it, like collective mob mentality, head cannon agreement. <laughs> there must be a better word than that. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's... maybe one word rather than nineteen. <laughs> um... <laughs> um, and there are some great, uh, you know, there, there. I think as um as content providers try and find their their niche, there are many, many. Uh, bloggers youtubers and, and this is the whole whole thing right from from the the kind of um uh very popular um and usually prolific kind of you know did you know gaming type things through to through to people who, who put out you know, videos about um uh you know breaking uh breaking the camera and exploring um hidden parts of maps and and finding weird in jokes or porn or just freaky things you know that, that developers either left or forgot in or, or deliberately um deliberately hit somewhere and some of those are you know some of those are a real blast um uh one of i was what i ended up doing quite a bit of research for this episode not that it'll be apparent i don't think um but um oh what's the what's the game where you ride a bike <laughs> what's the game where you ride a bike gta san andreas uh no, paper on. boy come on no you know you have to go up and, this is such an old man description you have to go up and down things oh it's really popular Exciting. trials 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 yeah yeah um there's some crazy shit in trials man um like you know in a, in a game where you're you're ragdolling along some levels there are it's taken people weeks months and years to find a whole series of secrets that link together and and uh, you know occasionally and if i think if i was a developer i would you know i would every now and then just just um tweet out it's out uh not everything's been found in my game even if it was complete bullshit just to get these these obsessives who kind of you know pull the game apart almost down to its code um to to try and find all these uh, hidden and often completely inconsequential um um, hidden treats so all of this <laughs> stuff that we're talking about is kind of part of uh what we might occasionally talk about on notebook with a missing page is it notebook with missing page or notebook with know, a I, missing I, page I, I was freestyling off the top of my head have you got right, written okay. down anywhere oh, it's not, okay cool hey, it's fine it's just, you know like we can fuck up our sponsors brands all we want but we kind of want to get our own brands right yeah yeah well, so what is it I feel like it's notebook with missing page. No A in there. The planning document. Oh, it goes back quite far away. Whatever this episode's called, that's what it is, guys. Okay, cool. <laughs> Whatever this episode's called. <laughs> you trust. It. We'll do the research. I'm definitely going to call this episode whatever this episode's called. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Meta. <laughs> right, so why don't you kick us off, Farley, with one of your crazy deep dives into the weird and wonderful world of crazy canon or is it canon canon cannons uh, <laughs> yes unsurprisingly perhaps if you uh, are a fan of the blog and listen to these podcasts 
Um, I'm going to be talking about Pokemon. It's something we've mentioned a couple of times before. Um, I think some, yeah, <laughs> it's some obscure that, Japanese game. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you would have played it. Um, <laughs> it's quite surprising for a game that is um, not infamous. I mean, sort of the apathy version of famous uh, for you know being being by the numbers. You know, no one is is no one should be pulling apart um, you know the respective Pokemon games for their hidden lore you start as a 10 year old and you beat the champion and you collect them all and that's pretty much um it game by game and uh i mean just to quickly preface this yeah. you've told me some of this lore and just as a quick sort of note to the to the readers <laughs> i love it i love the fact that the readers now yeah. um that's canon now yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean everybody's kind of aware of what happens in a pokemon game you are a kid you collect pokemon you get badges you go to elite four or some variant of the elite four you win and then you continue to find more pokemon and train them up but in between the lines you've like found this other crazy world and yeah <laughs> I, I i just yeah really i mean i want to iterate <laughs> everybody knows what happens in a pokemon game but <laughs> yeah um and i you know i didn't discover shit this is this is people who have thrown together um um uh, some videos and there's, there's one in particular which i um i must remember to thank because uh um if you start looking into this stuff there's hundreds of videos out there and unfortunately not all of these videos are born at the same level of quality <laughs> so, <laughs> um in particular there's a whole uh, I guess a meme um, of writing about these, uh, of researching and talking about these video game things, which is called the you know the icebergs. It's like the Pokemon iceberg, the something iceberg, and it's just um, ADHD kids just reeling off a list of hidden things, um, and it's in intolerable to watch. Um, but yes, a bunch of people collectively through the wikis, through the forums, through communities, have um, pulled together these little hints. Um, and I think they were doing it before, but there was very famously a a tweet by uh, Toshinobu uh, Matsumiya, who I think uh, something like a planner at Game Freak. Game Freak, yeah, yeah. Where he tweeted um, a timeline of the Pokemon games. Now, if you were if you were not really paying attention, um, you would think, well, surely you know we start with red, green blue uh and then yellow and then we move on to gold and silver blah 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 um and there are a few hints in the game some of which i might talk about that that things happen at different times i mean one of the most obvious ones is is depending on the generation if you traded between them and you looked at the uh kind of uh status um what do you call it sheet of your pokemon sometimes if you transfer them from a one game to another it would say you know, came from a, I think it said comes from a different time or in space, something like that. Um, <clears throat> and he tweeted and then deleted this timeline, uh, which which I think then encouraged uh, uh, the fandom to really um, kind of try and put together the, the Pokemon timeline. And like I said, and famously, um, the Pokemon Company, Game Freak, etc., have traditionally been really really tight-lipped about any of well about the basics of pokemon mechanics really <laughs> until the community went it all out but also the all of this stuff 
that you know that the games are related that they might be set in different times and as we'll find out in different universes um but there's enough and initially i was kind of really skeptical you know is this is this you know is this people finding some obscure thing on a pokemon card or something that's said in the anime and then and then spiraling this out to to something that's that's more than it actually is but they're they've they've not been explicit about it but they've they've kind of um seasoned uh the kind of the mainline games with enough little bits here and there which i know they really are kind of going for a a kind of multiverse multi-dimensional thing yeah, that's yeah. going on and presumably you know i don't know if it exists or not but somewhere there is there's there's you know potentially this this pokemon law book um uh <laughs> they have a keeper of law who works at whatever game freak <laughs> yeah. pokemon company um um whoever whoever sees all this um so initially and i guess i'm talking broadly about um canons uh games can be very tricky because uh you obviously involve yourself in some way or the other um and so some of the ways they can be tricky and i think we'll probably talk about these in all of our examples are um you know if you played a game and i played a game we would play it very differently and um, sometimes that's really explicit so uh you know we're all aware that you can kind of pick your way through a game and, and some games have eight endings and and you're given various choices along the way and depending on whether you do this or this you save this character or you end the world or you become that's, satan i mean that's an interesting point there like would you i always kind of thought like when you take because every uh <laughs> say the words richie say the words <laughs> um whenever you get any new generation it's usually split into two different versions so you get the gold version the silver version yeah. red version blue version would are you sort of, sort of getting at that perhaps as two different universes no so so i think it, it's a little bit more complicated with the pokemon series than it is other kinds of games because they do have these split versions um uh, and they will have different sometimes they have different events different pokemon sometimes those are kind of parallel um parallel dimensions which happen at the same time um, but then also with Pokemon, you've got this mega franchise. So you've got, uh, you know, you could how do the how do the video game continuity, if you can describe it as such, fit in with the manga and the anime? And you know, there are things that happen in the in the TCG. So already it's quite complicated. Um, and then even then, if we if we just look at animation, um, I think we discussed this before. Uh, they have done shorts they've done reboots they've done reimaginings um all depicting the same events the last three films i think you could question do they even you know even though it's ash and pikachu how do they fit in with the with the rest so it's, it's complicated off the bat because you've got all the same beats all the same characters um held together by these um these pokemon but all these different things are happening um but it's not just that it's not just you know if you played Pokemon Ruby and I played uh, Pokemon Sapphire, that, so that's two different dimensions, right? Because um, you were, I don't know, fighting Team Aqua and, and saving the world from... And I can only find Meowths in my game for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and if you if you follow across the games, there are certain pairs that you always get together that you... you and, and the theory might be that when you trade with people from another game, you're trading across dimensions. But it's, 
it's more explicit than that and and without well of course this in, um just yeah. quickly you've got sun and moon which is essentially just different times in the day so everything that happens like in the sun version actually happens 12 hours later in the moon version that, yeah that, yeah but then but then confusingly you can flip your game yes by going through <laughs> yeah yeah, well, yeah let's not go there <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so th- there's all that kind of stuff going on but this is this is more explicitly uh that the games um occur along the timeline um and this isn't taking into this is so i should clarify this is talking about mainline games which for the most part are games which have uh a color in their title or a celestial body or a precious so stones pokemon not, pinball is not canon yeah potentially they're doing their own they're doing their own thing so for example coliseum and xd no one's really sure how they fit in with this they fit in with a go cannon don't they do they yeah because of the shadow pokemon mechanic uh, no it's it's different okay okay because in go it's team rainbow rocket (sighs) no it's not team rainbow rocket is it it's team rocket go team go rocket okay Go is not part of this discussion. Then you've got the mystery dungeons. Then you've got the blah, 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 blah. So we're not talking about those, although some people do kind of consider them. And <laughs> I really want to see what universe thought what, where you watch TV with Pikachu exists and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's in a meta double universe. Yeah, or the one, you know, the one where you wind up the toys, which is the uh, the Pokemon Rumble. It's, that's yeah, how yeah. that started, right? Is their wind up toys. Um. <laughs> and so red green blue comes out and it's fairly clear that um gold and silver are related to those they directly follow on they reference events that happen in those first games but there's been a passage of time i think it's and spoilers you actually go back to kanto as well yes you go back to kanto that is its own some people and again, <laughs> they some vary. People. Some people, yeah. The the extremists. I know some... some... People's a generous word here, yeah. <laughs> some uh, Pokemon conspiracists um, then say these, these happen on their own timeline, right? Because both of the events of both of those games um, are retold by um, remakes with key differences. So those either happen as a completely separate thing um, and you, you can't transfer anything from those to anything else apart from um, Stadium and Stadium 2, which, again, we're not talking about. Um, some so people consider... a little pocket universe? You know, like that episode of Star Trek where everything just revolves around Crusher and she gets a little tiny bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, potentially. Okay. <laughs> some some people, some people um, you know, probably the, the, the people who look have a slight more sanity than than others just say it doesn't matter um red green blue uh, uh are retold in fire red and leaf green um and gold and silver are retold in heart gold and um and soul silver and it doesn't really doesn't really matter they're just upgrades to it but essentially they're telling um the same story and in this kind of timeline that um that uh matsumiya um, tweeted out uh, which was fortunately captured um, that red, green and blue happen at the same time as ruby and sapphire then 
after Ruby and Sapphire, Gold and Silver happened at the same time as Diamond, Pearl, Platinum, uh, which is then followed by Black and White, which is then explicitly followed by Black and White 2. That is kind of a, a temporal sequel as well as, as well as kind of alternative versions. Then we get X and Y. Then we get uh, Sun and Moon. And then nobody's really sure what happens after that. So um, we don't know where Shield and Sword fit in this. Yeah, so Sword and Shield, I don't think it changed with the with the DLC. Um, have nothing at all that overlaps with all these other ones. And the problem with these other ones, depending on your viewpoint, the problem or the genius about these other ones <laughs> is they do have bits that tie them uh, that tie them together. So, for example, Jasmine, who is one of the gym leaders um, in the Johto region. Yeah. She, and, I, and this is a, the other amazing thing, and, and thanks to the fandom for working this out. I have played these games exhaustively. Um, I did not remember these things happening. Um, sometimes I just didn't notice. That, oh, yeah, that's that character. From, um, so kudos to them. So she appears in uh, Silver and Gold. Soul Silver and Heart Gold, if you're that way inclined. Um, but then she also participates in the competition petitions in uh, my, my scrawled note in one of the other games right so okay there's, there's continuity there and then she also goes back because then you can trade you can trade her prize winning i think it's steelix that she uses um in the future so that's one thing that ties them together another thing that you may not remember uh is in one of the games oh we should have written it down i haven't there's a rocket grunt um, who you meet or the player character meets in one of the early games and then now he's kind of settled down married and had a son again um, indicating that there's a passage of time as I mentioned earlier black and white and black and white 2 uh, are explicitly time passes so you iris is a gym leader in one of them and then the second one spoilers for Pokemon black and white 2 <laughs> she is the she's the champion uh, and then one thing which which is is one of the linchpins of this kind of universe theory um, is that the red Gyarados that you catch in um, Pokemon Gold and Silver is on TV when you start Diamond and Pearl. Um, so indicating that those two things happen together. And from Matsumiya's uh, kind of tweet, that, that is the case as well. Then there's Caitlyn, um, and I cannot remember meeting her. She's the champion of one of the regions. Um, uh, but you you meet her in Heart Gold and Soul Silver, I think. But she's the champion in Platinum. I couldn't remember. I remember she's the champion, but I couldn't remember meeting her in the other ones. Uh, Name Black Not White, clue. She's the champion. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you've got characters like Red and Blue and Cynthia and Wally and Grimsley, which are in more than one game and visibly. Um, um, visibly age. So Who's Grimsley. Uh, Grimsley's one of the Elite Four, I think. Okay. Um, these all of these guys turn up in Sun and Moon at various points. So Red, Blue, Wally, Grimsley, and Cynthia um, yeah. do. So they kind of kind of tying those um, tying those together. So it's it's <laughs> Stephen. Does he not do some sort of crossover as well? I don't think he. I don't think he does. Because um, he gives you a, a silver 
Okay, one of us. Uh, Metagross on something. One of us okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go on, go on, go on. The other one's just. So, <laughs> so with some of these details put together, um, uh, fans have kind of they say, okay, we know that this thing happens. Um, uh, in some cases, we know explicitly that this game happens two years. So Black and White Two happens two years after Black and White, because in some unreleased sketches of Grimsley, there's a bracketed note in Japanese which says two years later from from black and white <laughs> um uh and then there's some genius things so uh for example Porygon's Pokedex entry in one of the games mentions that it was created 20 years ago or around 20 years ago um which puts an early starting point for the very beginning which most people assume is fire red leaf green um uh, Ruby Sapphire um, and the end event it becomes one of those limiting factors which means that there's potentially I think it breaks down to like 3 or 13 years uh, in this unknown gap um, <laughs> and I think the unknown gap is between Diamond Pearl and Platinum and and um, and Black and White it's really hard to tell from, from how Red and Blue have aged because they don't really um, they don't really look like, look like they've aged a huge amount so this is this is kind of interesting right and it is cool that that well, uh, well, look, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Interesting is a, a tough word to use there. Go on. <laughs> oh, no, I, you know, I think that, that kind of um, detective work and, and circumstantial evidence. Yeah. That, okay, these things are connected because this person here is here and the same person who's here. Um, in a, in a, again, in a completely incidental way, right? It's not like, um, not like I remember, it's not that these games pause and someone walks on and, you know, you get the canned studio laugh. It's like, oh, look, it's that character. It's these things either are fairly incidental or or you really have to be thinking about um the order in which things happen in order to put these things together yeah however this but uh, you don't because to go back to my previous point yeah you play the game you are a kid you go through you collect pokemon you get the badges you fight the elite four you win anything else that happens in between does become very very inconsequential so it is that is a lot of keen eyes that are really really going into this yes um but then there's a there's a kind of a grander so not the grandest um uh, if you like story of pokemon because that and some of these videos do tell that that goes back to <laughs> arceus and the creation of the universe and oh, including God. you know <laughs> uh uh sealing giratina off in the distortion world whatever um, so we're not going that big, but we're going a little bit bigger. Um, there's evidence to suggest that some games occur on a different timeline, maybe dimension, than the other ones. Um, and this is substantiated by some of the stuff that happens. So the I think the thinking is, and you should see, I sent you a photo of my notes. You really, you do really start to look like <laughs> a madman. Um, is that with Omega Ruby? Omega Ruby? Yeah, Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, which were the remakes of um, Ruby and Sapphire. X and Y and Sun and Moon occur in a different dimension where there's infinity energy uh, and mega evolution, um, and that affected an event that's sort of referred to as this kind of great Kalos, um, the Kalos War. Uh, so... Those happen separately. So there are two. There's the one what, dimension. The Kalos War. Yeah, there's a, there's a. <laughs> this is deep. 
there is a Canis War, and in one of the continuities, um, it is ended by uh, Ultimate Weapon um, and Infinity Energy, which is the source of Mega Evolution. Uh, and in another, it isn't. I think I got them the right way around. It could be the other way around. So, even though there is some um, interactivity between these games, you can send Pokemon from one to the other, but again, you get that special little bit of text that, that kind of implies they've been sent through through um, time and space. You have the games which have Mega Evolution in one continuity, and the games without Mega Evolution in the other continuity, which is why, and we'll see who wins this bet, um, some people are, are suggesting that um, Mega Evolution may not come to Sword and Shield ever. It will. Even though we don't know which which dimension, uh, which timeline that is on. It will. Um, so you have those two separate events, and there's explicitly a character <laughs> who I didn't I didn't know about because I hadn't I never played through um, Emerald called Annabelle, who you meet in Emerald and then uh, look at a Nanu in Sun and Moon. Yeah. Find yeah. her on the shore. Ten, they say 10 years ago and again this 10 years is one of those linchpins for trying to work out when things happened um, with the implication that she has moved from one dimension to the other so yeah. she's moved from Emerald which is on the non-Mega Evolution timeline into Sun and Moon which is part of the Mega Evolution timeline uh, and then you have all the, uh, the I think no that's completely that's completely separate the Delta episode stuff's completely so that's where theories have got to um, at the moment. And then some bright spark. Now, might, yeah. just, I do remember something about that because that was part of the, oh God, it, was it DLC? It wasn't DLC, but it was on the DS and you had this extra episode or something no, that was, like that. where that was you would Delta episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And where you, you actually talk to her, she actually refers to the fact that she's from some other universe or something like that. She actually uses the sort of terminology that she was, yeah. You know, she's not native to this timeline or this mm. this universe. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. That's just um, all, all your points. No, 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 no. Um. So that's really interesting. And again, you know, like if you skipped out on Emerald, um, you uh, may not remember at all. It's like who's this? And again, I couldn't remember. I've obviously played through it with Luca and Nanu, um, finding her and kind of being unconscious. And so that's, that's all interesting. Um, and then we get to Let's Go. <laughs> this is this is where um, some of the work from the, the fandom guys is just um, phenomenal. I don't use phenomenal often. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot go of people um, say that Let's Go uh, should be discounted because it breaks... Um, it breaks the continuity or it exists in a third timeline. Um, so the only thing connecting um, Let's Go to anything else is first of all we have Mega Evolution um, which is the first time you've seen Mega Evolution in Kanto. The only time you've seen Mega Evolution in Kanto. But then there's a character called Mina who is uh, the she's a Yeah, she's a trial captain in Sun and Moon Um and Mallow, one of the other trial captains in um, Sun and Moon, at some point mentions that when you get to the age of 20, you have to retire from being a trial captain. So we know that 
Mina is <laughs> less than <laughs> 20. I can see this fucking formula on a whiteboard yeah. right no, 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 in front no. of you. Yeah. In Sun and Moon. Um, but when you see her in Let's Go, she's a little girl. And people have estimated she's 13 to 15. I don't know why they've estimated that. Um, which means that the math taking into account this Paragon age thing and some other elements doesn't doesn't work. So she's either 23 to 35 in um, Sun and Moon, uh, and which, in which case she should have retired according to this system. So, so people say, let's just not count. Let's go whatsoever. And then just but, throw... I yeah. mean, Mina's quite ditzy. I think you could probably just forgive her as to not realising that she'd slipped between different timelines. <laughs> well, maybe she'd been like, held back for five years. We know you should have retired, but... Maybe um... that's why she's so ditzy, you know? Like, <laughs> there, there, there are effects from travelling through universes. Maybe, but then she seems quite ditzy when you meet her as a young girl. And again, it's, it's so weird because it's this... You know, if you walk out to the pier and talk to her in Let's Go, other, if they didn't have meaning at all, it wouldn't be as problematic to this kind of timeline business but for some reason it just made me think of something actually i take it pokemon masters is completely out of this um, every single way yeah i think it's only talking about proper games not mobile games okay cool um proper games still mobile games. <laughs> that, that is the fucking <laughs> mantra of that guy's a maniac <laughs> go on <laughs> and then in i can't remember which fucking one it was now sun and moon isn't it we have the rainbow rocket team yes yeah so they, that team of bad guys, um, so it's the bad guys from all of the games, and you might think that they came from the, the mega evolution dimension, which is what Sun and Moon set in, or the, and from the other dimension. But they mention, there's various clues in some of their dialogue and stuff, that, that they've all come from a complete alternate dimension where all of the bad guys um, won, essentially. So... All the Pokemon games, you didn't beat them, uh, and they took over. So Team Rocket won, Team Aqua won, Team Magma won, Team Plasma won. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if those all happened in the same timeline, because that's a pretty mucked up kind of, uh, you know, what a Team Rocket ruling over, because it's both simultaneously being flooded by Kyogre and... Yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, because, and... uh, like, um... uh, Team whatever it is, the Sapphire and Ruby ones... They yeah. literally want to cover the yeah. earth with water, or yeah, exactly, yeah. they want to cover the the, the earth with lava. Yeah, uh, and and Team Plasma want to f make sure that people don't have Pokemon anymore. So I don't know how they work <clears> together <throat> with Team Rocket and then Team whatever. Try and makes the giant Zygarde or whatever the hell it is that Aldo's trying to do. Is he trying to trigger some huge weapon or something? I don't know. It makes no sense. Um. That makes no sense. Which implies... <laughs> so the Ra Rainbow Rocket team implies the existence of yet another dimension. Um, so that's, if we include Let's Go, that's the, we're kind of up to four different dimensions. And then as I mentioned earlier, Sword and Shield currently um, uh, has, has got the fans uh, questioning because it, there's nothing in it that links to any other games. We don't have any old characters turn up um, there's no Mega Evolution. Doesn't mean it's not part of, part of the Mega Evolution line or not the Mega Evolution line. And that's that's kind of it. That's as decent as I'm going to get. Um, as I said I would give a shout out. So so after mentioning, watching a number of videos or half watching a number of videos, 
uh, on this topic. I managed to re-find the first one that kind of kick-started um, this thinking off. And it's a guy called Chase Kip. Uh, so if you look up the Pokemon timeline explained in seven minutes on YouTube, um, he puts all of this into some context with kind of science. We'll put it as a link in the... Uh... We say that, we always forget to put the links in or put the image to... No, we've been quite good with it. Okay. Yeah. Let me put the the images and things like that. There's a picture we did. So anyway, that's that's the that's the evidence that I'm I'm pulling together. And it's quite it's quite compelling, you know, there's not too much um you know, fan fiction writers going off on 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 their own uh their own mad ideas and, and i think what what really nicely brings all this together um not the universe flipping things although there is a character at least two characters who explicitly refer to it it's that going back to that <clears throat> tweet by matsumiya who, who's kind of you know somebody a game freak or pokemon company is, is putting some thought into the timeline of these games do you think that they are perhaps not putting the effort into the timeline, but trying to retrofit a timeline around it. Well, this is the thing. I this is fundamentally the thing I don't I don't understand um, because it's in many ways it oh, it has parallels to uh, the Zelda timeline, right? In which some games explicitly occur after other games, and and some you can stitch together. And I think there are a few that a few that can't. Um, in that it's it's of no consequence. <laughs> so why don't you just make it either really really simple, um, or just completely ignore it, um, rather than dropping these little, you know, there is a little bit of curation there in in kind of thinking about about um, uh, how these things um, interact and overlap, um, where there doesn't need to be. What's the what's the payoff for this? <laughs> what's the you know, it's a, a famously very, um, uh, you know, kind of fractal property, right? Just just diverging off into into many of its own different things, which again retain these these same core elements of characters, settings, mechanics, and, and Pokemon that that don't talk to each other and, and nothing to do with each other. Um, and one of the things that makes the Pokemon series stand out, which we've talked about endlessly, is this interco- interconnectivity between uh, game to game and also between console generation you know we've been transferring Pokemon since from the GBA all the way up to the Switch um, which is one of the big selling points like, well, why would you have well I bizarre... mean like if you if you're to take a very what's the word I'm looking for um, a very oh, come on Richie you're on a podcast you know what words are Pragmatic, prosaic, quotidian, um, idiot. <laughs> no, simple-minded. Devil's advocate. <laughs> oh, okay, Devil, yeah. yeah. Devil's advocate point yeah. of view on all of this. Um, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but was Looker not supposed to be like their introduction to a new character for a spin-off? You know, but eventually just became Detective Pikachu. Um, and there was like maybe they just want to like develop the characters there for the hope of. You know, and sorry for saying this, just making more money off spin-off games. But yeah, but then that's it. It's so I don't I mean I don't think if things were tied into the canon, they would make more money than others or not. Um, particularly no, when when the um, you know the 
Red maybe crumb. it's a means to sort of gauge how much they like the characters, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Know. You know, and if if you were, why is the breadcrumb trailing so, um, uh, you know, so light or or or, or yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah, subtle? Yeah. It's only by cross-referencing and reading between the lines. You're like, oh right, okay. There's a unspecified time that could be three years or thirteen years between diamond, pearl, and platinum and black and white. Um, and uh, yeah, this this kind of separate dimension where mega evolution. Um, exists and the other one that, that, that <laughs> doesn't and depending on these climactic events so yes there we go it's interesting there are there are tons of videos out, um, out there and I think for me the reason it is interesting is because one um, as we've mentioned a couple of times now you can completely gloss over some of these key characters key events and, and key things if you tie this together uh, and the other thing is, is is of no consequence as well it doesn't affect you know the game it doesn't it doesn't affect uh you know because you could if you were to really really push it you know pokemon games are famous for having dual versions um and then sometimes sequels as well um you know you could really push hard on on the different different dimensions and this completely different thing happens here and there yeah i mean but, that, but that's more a often very than... good point that, that the fact that this is not more obvious really there there's so much they could do to make it more obvious it's quite cool that they I, I do like your initial idea that there is some kind of holy bible of the <laughs> of, <laughs> yeah. of, of canon somewhere yeah. at game freak like you know it's kept, it's kept in a vault there's laser walls um <laughs> you know there's one person and they, they have to dress like um you know some kind of non-denominate non-specific spiritual priest in order to go and consult the you know when someone's like oh we were introduced in this new pokemon but you know we, we don't know if it to mention vile plume in the pokedex entry for it and then they kind of saunter off into this vault and then come back and say you know no you can't mention vile plume in the pokedex entry for this new pokemon <laughs> because it breaks it breaks the canon that was it was all, <laughs> only all written person, out <laughs> only one person can look upon the text for anybody who does look upon the text their brain shall be scrambled by multiverses <laughs> exactly yeah and then you know it turns out that the this um, this tome was written a thousand years ago um, and predicted uh, predicted the pokemon phenomena um, a thousand years later and the, the specific order in which the games would come out uh, anyway they just yeah so not uh, kind of your middle of the road conspiracy type stuff I get. Not really conspiracy, trivia, Easter egg, uh, and it's not so outlandish. Um, but there is a bit of wackiness. Um, there's wackiness to it, and some evidence that, that there's some credence to it. Yeah, it's not. It's not all. There's enough tinfoil hat post-it notes on the whiteboard to sort of think, oh, this is potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you think makes you think anyway enough about pokemon what do you got in the tank <laughs> well i to be honest i think just a quick round of applause for how much fucking research you did in that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's um yeah and you know the, there's information i didn't have to hand which i wish i had to hand uh, <laughs> and there's there's more you know do your own yeah have a look into it there's there's more out there um and yeah and stuff that will drive you Type that will drive you balmy. You know, just find your apartment covered in red string and photos with <laughs> a picture of, <laughs> picture of missing no and 
Stuff like that. Mina in the middle of it all. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah, exactly. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So I want to talk about another uh, obscure Japanese game that you may not have heard of. Yeah, importantly. Called, <laughs> called Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, yeah. I've heard of him. You've heard of it? All right, okay. <laughs> it's fucking hipster. Um... <laughs> So yeah, there. Uh, Farley, do you know about the plot of Final Fantasy VIII? Very vaguely. It's it's been some time. It's been some time. Okay. And when I played it, uh, as the events of the story unfolded, I remember wanting to pull my hair out at how stupid it was. Yes. And this is where the crux of this entire fan theory is going to come into into play. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it a little bit further. I am not going to go into the full depth and detail of the plot of Final Fantasy VIII. You can do that on your own time. But going through the game, the game is kind of split into two parts. In the first part, you do your usual thing. You play as this nameless hero who has just qualified some kind of... Well, I say nameless. It's called Squall. You can rename him if you want. <laughs> uh, you have your generic hero type. Yeah, that's what you meant. Yeah, generic, yeah. And you go through your student exams, your two weeks, or you're like just about to graduated a thing called seed and these are basically people who work in these floating universities and they kill monsters because the monsters are encroaching on civilization and that's essentially all that they do um, and that is their plan and that is that is their thing you're you're given a very very nice intro showing that he's quite swish he uses a sword which has a gun in it uh, which becomes a mechanic later in the game. Um, and yeah, you have this character doing this thing. As the story progresses, you collect some... <laughs> some... I don't know... Some people that uh, join you on your quest. Um, you find a girl with a dog. You find some other people who've been training at the academy with you and you're off out doing your thing you, you find your hot teacher well at the point oh yeah your hot teacher as in Quistus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah okay um then you find out that this um <laughs> this witch who is in charge of the world um might be evil so you go to try and stop her and that is where everything's sort of been leading up to at that point when you try to stop her the main character and this is where this is quite critical the main character falls off a platform and gets stabbed through the chest with a great big ice spear yeah yeah i remember that yeah now what happens next is you insert disc two. <laughs> and as you do so, you wake up. There's no wound. 
you still seem to be alive for some reason. Even though the queen of the world wanted you dead. Um, and it starts to stop making any more sense. So, just to sort of rewind ever so slightly. There is a good theory, and I say good because I like it. And we'll get into more <laughs> about why I like it. A theory that at the end of disc one, when you get a nice spear through your chest, your character actually dies. And the remainder of the game that plays out is actually just his life sort of flashing before his eyes. And it gets all dream sequency. It gets pretty wacky. Um, and things stop making sense. Now, to go back to your previous statement yeah. of there are things that happen in this game that make you want to pull your hair out. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give me an example of two <clears throat> of perhaps some of these things that make you want to pull your hair out? <laughs> okay. One of the one of the things is I'll, I... I... I can't remember specifically how many hours in it is, um, but uh, all the characters remember that they um, all grew up together in the same orphanage. Yes, this happens after Squall dies. <laughs> or, in theory, Squall dies. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you can put whatever twist you want on that. You can think that, like, okay... He's maybe losing a bit of consciousness. He, he's reliving past memories. Maybe he did go to an orphanage and there were other kids there. But he's now just projected these people that he's started, you know, having an adventure with as the ones that he grew up with in an orphanage. But yeah, there is no mention or no even slight inkling that that orphanage thing happens before the events of him getting impaled by no. this. Yeah. Because particularly in a, in a Final Fantasy way, you know, you um, uh, you encounter them or you have to do a thing with them and then they become a permanent member of your party. You know, so you go through all the kind of meeting and greeting formalities with all of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then you have this like, oh, yeah. Um, but then I think, is it like Irvine? Irvin? Irvine? Irvin, yeah. He says like, oh, yeah, I knew the whole time. But he just never said anything, and and, <laughs> and literally, that I think that's his line, and it's just like, <laughs> well, yeah. And then their excuse for this is, like, when you use GFs, which is the summons, that causes you to lose your memory a bit. Yeah, and it, it just that again, I really like. This is why this or one of the reasons this theory is so compelling to me is because that is so much wacky fucking bullshit that you want it to be something else it is one of these things that's just kind of like right okay please let this be another reason other than oh by the way we actually just all grew up in an orphanage together yeah you know but then I, yeah. I don't I don't know the game well enough um but when you go and collect Ifrit, isn't it kind of made a big deal? Is there any evidence to suggest that, you know, they were using, yeah, you know, as, I don't know, three-year-old, four-year-olds, regularly using summon material, uh, GFs? Um, because 
as far as I'm concerned, you kind of see these characters interact with and get their first GFs, right? Yeah. You you see them interacting, but before then, they must have said something to each other. And, and yeah, fair enough, like, they can lose their memories or whatever, and I can understand that perhaps retroactively they've lost a little bit, but there it doesn't seem to be... There is chemistry between the characters, but there doesn't seem to be any, like, you know, why have they come together, and how did they all somehow manage to be in the same fucking <laughs> orphanage and just so happen to sort of uh, meet up with each other and that's what's really bullshitty about it as well yeah. you know and yeah um that is that's really one of the most compelling arguments not just because where the hell did this come from is really weird but also because it's really really irritating as a plot point that you want to believe something else i want to believe the truth is out there, Farley. <laughs> yeah. 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 But there's a few other um, plot elements that don't quite fit, that seem to make more sense if you go down the route of Squall died at the end of uh, disc one, and that he's perhaps just playing out this sort of dream where this guy who's just graduated a fucking academy manages to save the world and get the girl so you're aware that he has this sequence where he has to rescue Renoa and they're in space and all that <laughs> yeah. sort of shit. So I, was gonna, I was gonna mention the other when i think of when i think of final fantasy 8 because i remember i remember when it came out um everyone was high off of final fantasy 7 and then 8 comes out and and um, for people in our generation, it was kind of, I don't really understand why is it eight, but it's nothing to do with seven. Yeah. And then you start playing it, and it's this is all completely different. Um, but everybody loved the card game. Din, 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 triple din, din, din. triad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably dragged a lot more people through than, uh, than anything else. But yeah, it, but for whatever reason, it doesn't stick in the mind like seven, nine, ten. Uh, yeah, twelve. Um, but the bits that do are the very cool cutscenes, um, interacting with the the Ifrit for the first time, the flying scores, uh, the dance, and then <laughs> being on a fucking space station. Yes, and <laughs> being in a space suit. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and again that happens after the, you know that whole sequence. Um, there's also. I mean, and I'll reference this now. There is a website which is called squallsdead.com, and I'll, I'll include it in the the the, the episode yeah. notes. No, that's not gonna um, happen. Not happening right now, reader. Nah. <laughs> but um, yeah, there is, uh, and and it goes into a lot more detail on all of these. Go check it out. It's very, very, very interesting. I'm just what's it, gleaming, jesting. Um, of, of what I've kind of read from here and some other sources um, but yeah like there are things that just make no sense specifically that Renoa actually fancies Cypher through the entirety of the first disc <laughs> the entirety of it and is like 
you know, she's wanting to go and save him, go and find him. They apparently were boyfriend and girlfriend when she was 16. She wasn't sure if it was love, is the actual, uh, you know, text from the game. And then suddenly, Squall gets a nice thing through his, um, his uh, chest, and she suddenly becomes the damsel in distress that he has to keep saving over and over, and she now fancies him. That's his dirty, his dirty little hormone. Yeah, wank dream. Yeah, basically, yeah. And of course, if you're dying and you're playing out your last scenario, you want to save the world and get the girl. And it seems a little bit too convenient that she just suddenly now fancies him. Um, and there's you lose the redemption of Cipher. And to be honest, I think most people and who played Final Fantasy VIII wanted a redemption of Cipher. We're kind of on Renoa's side, you know. He's he's the Sephiroth of um, you know the Final Fantasy VIII universe, and you're just kind of like, right, get him in. He should join the team. You know, all he needs is this one thing to twitch, twitch, switch. You know, <laughs> like uh, you know, like the anti-hero. Your Vincent or your whatever, you know. I know, I know I've just compared them to both fucking. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you played any other games? <laughs> but no, I am. I'm, I'm in the context of Japanese RPGs. Uh, but yeah, you do. You, you <laughs> Made t- by Square. Yeah, okay. You could have. Uh, Called Final Fantasy. <laughs> or you could have Magus from Chrono Trigger who oh, does this. Yeah. Deep pool, obscure pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen, you, you get that, and that just never happened for um, <laughs> for for Squall. Um, or, sorry, Cypher. Um, but yeah, along with that, there's a few other things. Um, not just the orphanage twist, but after Squall dies, and you can't see it right now, our readers can't see this, but I'm doing air quotes after Squall dies. Yeah. Um, it also turns out that Sid, who is the leader of the um, university, you know, he's the main guy, the headmaster, as it were, uh, was also married to this witch who is trying to take over the world um, and is her mum. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, uh, not as her mum, as her, um, <laughs> fucking hell. Sid and Adia were just married and also grew up looking after and taking care of all of the kids in the orage, orphan, orage? orphanage. <laughs> they are basically the ones who raised them. And again, if you want to put any kind of psychological emphasis on that, he suddenly turned two people, you know, into his father figure and mother figure from the orphanage. I know, again, I hear myself saying the words father figure or mother figure from the orphanage. But yeah, yeah, it is potentially like, like you could see why somebody in their dying throes might just sort of put that world together. But again, no nonsense, no mention of that entirely in the first disc. Just nonsense, it turns up. The other fun, compelling thing is the introduction of Moombas for no good reason. 
Do you remember the Moombas, Farley? No, I just spell it. I'm going to look one up now. M double O. Yeah. M B A S. Or Moomba. Moombas. They are little red lions. They have their own little village in the world. They are, I think, they're quite key in getting like a GF or doing something with the character progression. Um, Do you know what? I'm looking at screenshots now. I have completely blanked. Okay. (laughs) They don't turn up until after Squall dies. (laughs) (laughs) So these little weird red lion creatures are just somehow, you know, they appear and everybody's interacting with them. They think they're a bit goofy, but like they're there. And yeah, completely. I mean, don't get me wrong. I realize that they've been like fighting um fireys or what are they called <laughs> i think they're called fireys yeah there's there's one scottish person who works on the monster design team ah, i'm making these wee fireys <laughs> fireys is the name of the <laughs> things in labyrinth um no what, what, do you mean the bobombs those ones they're not bobombs though are they <laughs> I, I wanted to not say the word bobomb oh let's just call them bombs fireys Fire, fire bombs. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you like. Don't get me wrong. The game is a bit weird. You are fighting, you know, like those kind of monsters. Yeah, you Giant forgive it a little bit. And... You forgive it, you know, because it is a little bit more realistic. But then I think once he dies, it gets a little bit into why are cartoon characters in this world? And I mean, that is one of the things that. Final Fantasy did get some praise for when it initially came out was the move away from having the chippy characters to having actually you know non-chippy characters in <laughs> 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 the, the open world and stuff like that and it looked a little bit better in that respect they're yeah I mean they are just a weird bunch of red lions that are somehow there and again they're so weird and out of place that you want to again believe that it's just part of some fucked up dream that he's having. Again, there's also quite an odd sequence in the game. Um, Is there one? Yeah, go on. Which you've been WhatsApping me whilst I'm on the fucking <laughs> podcast. Yeah, it, <laughs> I remember seeing it and I've watched it a couple of times since. Um, but now that you're laying this um, this theory out and you watch that sequence, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, so there is a sequence where people start fading away and losing Ugh. their faces. You re-see um, like, scenes that you've done in the game, like the dance or even the one in space. No, not in space. Um, oh, God. The dance... You- you re-remember some of those sequences, but you see things like Renoa's face is all blurred out. Yeah. And there's also a very, very... And this is like the background image on squallsdead.com. There's a very, very iconic image of Squall, but missing the entire middle bit of his face. Yeah. It looks like a Silent Hill creature. In fact, yeah, the whole sequence does. is like straight out of Silent Hill. Yeah. And Because and and the, the music plays really messed up as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole sequence is frightening nightmare fuel, <laughs> um, and yeah, it is absolutely 
yeah, it's not something you want to watch. Um, but yeah, it, it also sort of you can easily play into that theory of Squall being dead if you believe that this is him just sort of in the throes of his you know like his mind finally his brain shutting down yeah the you know the the neurons desperately firing off their last yeah. electric impulses as the oxygen sort of depletes from his uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah and and that's uh, that's like one of the the more compelling points and there's a lot of a lot of uh, other good points on that that website go check it out um but I, I just just did a few of them, and quite honestly, even if it's not canon, this is one of these situations where you're just like, oh, I want to believe that more than I want to believe they all came <laughs> from the same <laughs> orphanage. Yeah. The evil woman who's oh god, and again that's another mad plot element as well. Do you remember the um, idea, the yeah. matron? is actually possessed by the a witch from the future yeah and there's some reason why she needs to possess Renoa yeah she wants Renoa's body uh, because they're both witches Ultimacia yeah 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 Yeah, and I remember you there's some boss fight battle where you're in this giant golden tunnel and it's tough because it's trying to beat a deer while she's got a shield or she's emerging from it yeah it was bizarre yeah and you've also like got none of your equipment and things like that yeah it's one of the shittiest bits of the game um right at the end you're just everything's taken from you all of the magic you've collected oh, all of yeah. the gs all of yeah. them and you have to find everything you have to but you have to yeah you have to basically go and earn your menu options back Yes, that's not exactly your, it. Yeah, it's yeah. not your gear, it's your menu option. Like, you can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But yeah, um... Yeah, that's, that is the, the thing. Um, although, and this is the great big uh, dump on the cupcake at the end. Not a cherry. A great big steaming dump on the cupcake right. at the yeah. end. Uh, it was debunked by the actual writer of the game. He said, no, "No, that was really, really compelling. But yeah, yeah, no, the ice spear went through his shoulder and he was fine. (laughs) 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 You're just like, what? (laughs) So here's me, you know, like, I really love this theory. This is fantastic. And the actual writer of the game says, ah, no, no, no. (laughs) No, just just went through his shoulder, mate. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, okay. I really uh, just wanted to wanted your game to be better in my head. Yeah. yeah. Give you more kudos. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, and that's all I'm gonna say. Um and I think uh we shall save ourselves yeah, for I think, another episode. <laughs> I think look forward to another episode of um no with the page missing? No, no book with missing page. Oh. Fucking hell. It's our brand. It's not like LPJ Brown tuna cans. Cheers, guys, for bringing us this, this podcast. Yeah, LP Brown Cannery. Was that right? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> well, it was salmon, not tuna. Oh, okay. Same thing, right? Um, I think that leaves us 
with one last conspiracy to talk about. Oh, okay. That guy's a maniac. Why'd he bite me? <laughs>